thanks to the City of Brimbank across our neighbourhood and the world, Soul Dive with AD, Rashani and Lydia on Brimbank Live on Live FM. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Soul Dive. I am your host, Rashani, and I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, AD and Lydia. Ladies, how are we today? Good morning. Pretty good. <laughs> good afternoon, good evening. Who knows? Uh, good morning, good afternoon. Yeah, who knows, right? <laughs> um, ladies, I'm so excited about today's show. We've got some huge guests on, um, and we're going to have some really great conversations. Um, so let's jump straight into it. Um, so on today's show, we're delving into the conversation of those with an online presence, so YouTubers, influencers, and content creators. Um, we're going to find out what it takes to build an online presence um, and how to sustain it, um, whether having an online presence is reliable and sustainable, and also talk about all things algorithms and the labels of influencers and narratives that are attached to it. Um, we will be chatting to Swana and Aditi, better known online as the life of a social butterfly and Aditi makeup. Swana and Aditi, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We are very excited to have this conversation because we talk about this all the time. Yeah, yeah, we are so excited to have you both here to share this conversation with us. Um, So first of all, um, you're both in Sydney. What's it looking like at the COVID front um, before we start off? Like how has this past year been for you both? Well, I'll start, but touch wood, it's been like pretty good recently. I mean, you guys would have it really bad in Melbourne, but somehow, I don't know if it's luck, but we've had it under control here. Like it's just, we've, it feels normal. The last few months have been quite normal. Obviously before we transitioned from like quarantine, that was really hard, but yeah, now it's all back to normal, I feel. Yeah, I think we... Um, obviously had it a little bit better than you guys and uh, I feel really bad because I feel like you guys went through so much but we have been very blessed I almost forget that there was a pandemic at times Mm. um, because things are pretty good like I mean yes we've all been blessed to work from home which is amazing Um, but yeah things have been pretty good like definitely like families are a little bit more anxious and things like that have changed um but other than that things are looking pretty good touch wood Mm. yeah and that's just yeah it's a testament to the fact that we're pretty blessed here you know in Australia um like you said working being able to work from home is just such a huge privilege so it's good to know that you guys are coping in this in this crisis Mm. pandemic (laughs) Most, most states it's business as usual and I feel like Melbournians are like living with PTSD now yeah. like when yeah. when are we going to go back into our next lockdown yeah. don't believe yeah. what anybody says just five days no <laughs> way like we had it for so many months so it's just this constant anxiety and mm. just waiting for the next wave to hit or for our next long period lockdown yeah absolutely we definitely cannot wait till we get to that um COVID normal that I think most people are living um in within Sydney um for sure Uh, So I guess we'll start off with a bit of a rundown as to what you both do creatively. Um, Swana, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So creatively, I am a content creator. I am also a podcaster. I am also a YouTuber. I also host female empowerment events. And yeah, I'm just an advocate for um, issues that 
are very, very close to my heart, such as colorism and disability awareness. And um, yeah, run a lot of campaigns around taboo topics in the South Asian community, such as mental health, sexual abuse, et cetera, et cetera. Amazing. Aditi? So I'm primarily a beauty blogger and I'm getting into that whole makeup, skincare space. That's what I've been doing for the last few years, I guess. Um, kind of just focusing on how to make the brand community more impactful, how to have like more meaning. Cause I feel like a lot of the beauty market is saturated with a lot of Western influences. And here in Australia, particularly, we don't have that many brand influences. So mm. I think, especially in the makeup beauty field. So just, you know, putting out tips and tricks for us brand girls who kind of don't relate to often these Western beauty standards. So mm. that's really what I do mainly. And yeah. That's amazing. amazing. Um, and what made you both want to get into the spaces that you're in now? Um, being these content creators and, and beauty bloggers, I know Aditi, you touched on the scarcity of um, women of color, particularly um, brown women um, in this particular space. Um, why else did you want to become um, what you are? Like, what was the dream when you started out? So interestingly yes. enough, oh, sorry. Now you go first. Um, I actually didn't have any intention to start up a page or an Instagram account. I actually, my story's a little weird, but I, in high school, had a lot of acne on my face. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got into makeup. I was like, how can I cover this flawlessly without looking super cakey? And so I did a lot of YouTube videos and I learned like the craft from there. Mm. And then um, I transitioned to being a makeup artist and doing a lot of clients and it just grew word of mouth. And that's primarily what my Instagram was in the beginning. And then it's sort of just, I enjoyed making videos one day. I'm like, oh, like I see all these content creators making videos. They look so cool. I want to do a video. That's how mm. it started. And then I made my first video and I was like, wow, like this is so much fun. I just want to keep doing this. How do I improve my lighting, my like setup? And just turn into a hobby and I haven't looked back since it's been so enjoyable. Mm, absolutely and I think that that is the key isn't it like enjoying what you do and having fun doing it mm. so it does almost always start out as a hobby and something that's really enjoyable and to be able to turn that into a career is quite remarkable. Swana, what about you? Yeah definitely um, I think for me it, it's a little bit of a different story I think uh, from a young age, I've always been into art. I have always loved creating and I've always been looking into avenues and spaces where I can share my work and connect with people. So I had Bebo back in the days. I had MySpace, basically every platform that existed from after I was 12, mm. I was on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just been experimenting um, through different, different platforms. And I think just Having a brother with a disability, um, my life experiences mm. and the way my life has panned out has been very unique. And I've always craved to, you know, find people that I can connect with. Um, I've always been a bit of an ambivert. I thrive over connecting with other people. So when I discovered the big world wide web, I knew that I wanted to be on there and I wanted to um, create content. I've always loved creating videos, especially for like family birthdays and weddings. Like I was that girl that did the filming and did mm. the presentations, put everything together. So I guess just, I've always been creating since I was a young child. And so when I discovered the internet, when I discovered social media, 
it was very natural for me to also want to experiment with that and be on there. And I think my uh, love for social media and why I do what I do has evolved over time from when I first started. Um, obviously, like we discussed earlier, I am seeing that we need more representation and I want to be at the forefront of driving that. Um, as mm. Aditi mentioned, there is a lack of representation, especially when it comes to brown girls and South Asian girls in Australian media. Um, we want to be able to push brands to work with us and have more representation because if we don't see ourselves in these products, we don't see ourselves um, on these channels, it, it really impacts your identity, your confidence. And doing what I do, I've been able to connect with so many people. Like Aditi and I, we became friends purely through social media. We, would, we mm. did not know each other before yeah. this. Um, and so we've been able to collaborate, create, we've been able to really bond and like, you know, create lifelong friendships and relationships. And yeah, it's just been really fulfilling. And I, I don't see myself ever like exiting the route, the online realm ever. I'm, I feel like I'm always going to be doing something on this space. And I feel like that's how you are like in real life as well, in person. It's just your personality just translates on camera. She's exactly. such a natural, mm. like Aww. she can pick up the phone and talk like she's talking in person and I wouldn't even notice a difference like yeah, you already already I can feel that myself yeah you're really really just natural like we've known you as well oh you guys are so sweet and I feel like you know to to be able to upkeep and be on the internet creating content it's not easy work that's Mm. that's one thing that could almost be a misconception about it you know Mm -hmm. um so you guys have to almost be really passionate about the content creation um side of things and it seems as if in terms of your advocation you've always just been that and you just it was now a matter of putting that on the internet so yeah you guys Mm. doing amazing work thank you so much and I feel really blessed to meet really genuine people like sometimes it's a hit or miss sometimes the people that you see online have a completely different presence in real life so be to be able to connect with people like Aditi like it's really lonely to be creators in Australia um, Mm. especially in Sydney I can't speak for Melbourne Um, there's not a lot of us out here so to be able to connect with someone like Aditi who is exactly what you see online as well and she helps me so much with my journey with content creation and we're both able to cross collaborate is amazing and I wish this for all creators to be able to find people like-minded people because I really do believe in like the power of sharing resources and you know like building together absolutely Mm, yeah and um, like Lydia uh, touched on before that online being an online influencer or content creator it's not easy people go to school to study these things. Mm. So my question was, did you guys have any kind of formal training, whether it's in like the media aspect, in editing content? Um, for Aditi, uh, did you do makeup uh, courses or were these just natural talents that came out and that you've, you've used and shared with the world? I think with me, I kind of, with I, I studied a, a degree in applied finance and economics, so nothing to do with the media, nothing to do with anything to do with this. Like yeah. I've always been sort of an artistic person, and like I told you before, I sort of transitioned into learning makeup on myself and then mm. doing it on clients, and that's sort of how I like built my skill with video editing and the whole technology part of it I really had to self-learn like Mm -hmm. YouTube is your friend like I learned so much stuff through YouTube in terms of lighting and cameras and like just everything like if you guys see my setup I actually did a little DIY like a couple months ago where I 
made my study room into like a beauty room and um, um yeah like it was just all through youtube and self-learning i think the important thing is just trying things along the way you're not going to mm. find your solution in the first go and exactly some, yeah like something that people need to know about content creation is that it's an investment like mm. it's not just picking up a phone and filming yourself I mean that's amazing if you can do that and build a following and build um, an online presence that's amazing but often it's a lot more than that to be recognized by brands and to sort of have that engagement with your followers there's a big investment that's required in terms of like the technology side mm. of it I guess and mm. um and often things don't work in the first go like I had this issue where I had to buy like three different types of lights because the first two just didn't look right on me it just didn't work my beauty videos weren't looking good and yeah. I just like yeah sometimes it feels like you're putting money down the drain but it look, it's just I just have to keep telling myself that it's about continuous improvement and like mm. learning that technology is not always easy to deal with mm. yeah definitely you have to reinvest into your brand I guess and yeah that, that brand eventually makes you money and so it's all worth <laughs> it in the end but yeah that's 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 really good yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of um, some of those those downfalls and those struggles, um, you you spoke about that um, that instability that you might face. Um, I know a lot of content creators have like their content creation and their online presence, and then also have like side hustles and like their full time mm. job that they still have. Um, what um, experiences have you both had in kind of having a, a full-time job or having another job that's helping to support you whilst you engage in creating your online presence, Swana? Yes. Yeah, so I work full-time. So I work in the med- medical, te- medical tech sector um, in digital marketing slash social media. So mm. it kind of ties in in some ways, like I'm essentially always researching trends and always looking at, always doing campaigns, but working in the med tech sector doing b2b marketing is very different to what we yeah. do which is b2c mm. and it's not like formal medically regulated stuff but yeah. clearly that's my passion um yeah. so i absolutely love that i'm able to split my time so working full time and doing content creation is actually very very difficult especially um our jobs are never really nine to five like yeah. you're always up late and you're always like meeting deadlines and all of that stuff but I'm really glad that I don't have to switch too much because whatever I learn at work I get mm. to apply into what I do here on social yeah. media so that's like the transferable skills is absolutely amazing um yeah. and things that I pick up through like other team members at work and like what are the current trends and like algorithm changes and mm. running paid campaigns all of that stuff I'm able to apply into what I do on social media um I do have an undergraduate degree in um uh, marketing essentially so it all kind of like ties into what I do however um managing time can be extremely difficult uh, especially because with online content creation, you have to be very, very consistent and stay relevant yeah. and, and be up to trends and be able to adapt to all the like stark changes that's mm. happening in the industry. Um, and I don't think I'm in a space where I can do content creation full time. I'm not um, working on enough like paid stuff to be able to sustain myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will probably continue to do the full time and work on my projects on the side and then see how things evolve from there. 
Um, mm -hmm. But I feel very blessed that I do have a full-time job. Just to share a little story with you guys. So um, mm -hmm. we go on mandatory shutdowns for work from the 18th of December to like the 4th of Jan. Mm -hmm. And I was looking forward to it so badly. I was like, I cannot wait to not have work so I can wake up in the morning, you know, utilize our, you know, summer sunshine, mm -hmm. create some awesome content, you know, pump out the TikToks, pump out yeah. the reels and mm -hmm. like just really go ham with the content creation. And then uh, my family went to Byron Bay. Yes, I made like full use of that because I'm like, oh, when's the next time I want to be at the house in Byron Bay? Let yeah. me smash out content. And then I came back. And I just could not bring myself to be consistent with content. Like I was so mm. exhausted. I didn't have a routine because it's like mm. a full-time thing. Like you don't have anyone holding you accountable. Mm. You don't have a mat. We don't have like agents or managers or teams behind us. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't feel like a job. And mm. so you're just like something tomorrow. And I ended up planting myself on the couch um, scrolling through and planning ideas and never making it happen. Like I've got mm. podcasts to film and edit and so much different content. And then work started again. And I found that I was way more productive yeah. when I had my full-time job because I had mm. a set routine. I had to be up by a certain time. Mm. And that, that understanding that, Hey, you know what? You actually don't have enough time. Your weekends are your time to create yeah. content. So you have to make it happen. Yeah. And that's when my consistency picked up again. So it made me realize that for me personally, I mm. can't be someone that can go do full-time content creation until I've got a team and I've got like mm. a proper set routine and I've got funds coming through mm. that can um, support me with my content creation. So I'm actually very content and very happy to um, be working full-time and doing yeah. this on the side. I feel like both of it coexisting like helps mm -hmm. me do what I do. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Yeah. Nice. And it's actually, yeah, like I have a whole story to tell about this because yeah. I actually was working as an accountant for the last four years um, mm. at a mid-tier accounting firm. It was quite stressful. Mm. The job itself, I guess, was very demanding. Um, mm -hmm. in, and it was very different to social media, obviously, accounting. Like, obviously, Swarna has it kind of hand in hand. It's, it's really good. But with me, my mind was like in two different spaces. Mm. And I think being like raised in an ethnic household, we're always taught that we should be busy and working hard and doing mm. better. And I always thought that going full time with social media was the lazy way. This was just a mm. preconceived notion in my head. It's mm. not true in any way, right. but I just like, you know, was managing so many things. I had uni, I had full, like full time work and it was crazy and doing this on the side. And at that point, I find I found that it was taking a toll on my mental health, like mm. really, like negatively. Um, I was struggling at work because um, obviously, you know, if you have a routine plan for yourself, it's like you want to work nine to five thirty, and then you want to get home. It was in the city, so it would take me an hour. By the time I got home, it was like six thirty-seven, and I'd want to mm. plan content. Um, and film and do things but it's like so hard to put makeup mm. on and sit there looking all cute and pretty yeah. after you've gone out and done a hard day of work and yeah. the thing is my mind was tired like mm. sometimes I'd pull through and I'd, I'd film and I when I didn't film I'd feel unfulfilled because it's like I was trying to do everything and then it, it wasn't working out for me so mm. I actually resigned my job um, 
five months ago and mm-hmm. it's the best decision I ever made for myself mentally because this is what I love doing obviously like Corona said the financial aspect of it is the part which is like a bit uh, like you'd prefer to be working and doing yeah. at the same time but luckily for me I do have my business um, with clients and makeup so that mm. sustains me and um yeah so that's going well I can like I, I use that for my mainstream of income and obviously brand deals and working um with brands is just like a supplementary thing um mm. so it's yeah it's going well um yeah and I'm just happy yeah. that I left my full-time job for this sometimes yeah. it's leaving your job or just taking that uncomfortable step that like mm-hmm. yeah. leads you to yeah more comfort later yeah definitely yeah. and I think she that- has a crazy routine too like yeah. she sticks to her routine. She wakes up, she creates content, does yeah. not need an accountability partner. She is amazing <laughs> at it. I see, I call her and she's like, I'm in the middle of filming a video every time. And I'm just she doesn't like, need one. <laughs> she doesn't need it. I'm like, I bro. Feel like, guilty. I feel guilty yeah. if I don't. Because like I think that's the biggest thing about taking your own like leap. You're mm. like, you always feel like you need to be busy, which is a downside. Like mm. for me, my days are really like Dude, like most people they wake up at seven go to bed by 11 with me I'll wake up at 10 and sleep at three like my schedule mm. is so bad wow um, but like it just makes me feel like I'm always doing something with social media like sometimes yeah. I literally have to tell myself okay you need a break go do something a normal person would do yeah <laughs> go to the shops or go to the gym or do something more like different to like looking at a screen all day yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're just yeah. tuning in. You're listening to Soul Dive um, on Brimbank Lives Live FM. Um, we are here with Swan and Aditi, better known as the Life of a Social Butterfly, and Aditi Makeup. Aditi. Yeah, um, you guys made a really good point, and I was talking to someone about this just the other day about um, holding yourself accountable mm. and creating um, content or producing work. Um, that doesn't really have a deadline and is mm. only as successful as you want it to be. Because um, I'm, I'm like you, Swan, I find it really, really hard to not have deadlines and timetable and a scheduled routine kind of set up by, by the world, you know, by having to go to work and having to wake up at a certain time. Mm. If it's up to me, yeah. I'd be chilling all day, every day. I just wish yeah. money grew on trees, you know, it's yeah. like, it's stopping me from doing that. <laughs> Yeah, um, legit. So good I'd be you, planting a lot of trees. Yeah, so you're gonna have to give us some tips and tricks on how to hold yourself accountable. Really, like, mm. what do you tell yourself? Um, you said you feel guilty, so is it like a guilt-driven type thing? For me, it's always <laughs> adrenaline that gets me going. Yeah, when it's too late. Yeah, I mean, diamonds yeah. are made yeah. under pressure. So, I mean, you're not <laughs> <True>. wrong, AD. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I sometimes like I am weirdly like last minute like like I told you I I will start my day late but I will plan my content till about three in the afternoon and then I will do everything in one go so when you say diamonds are made under pressure I feel that because weirdly enough I do things last minute on my own timeline yeah (laughs) explain but um yeah I think that just with the accountability thing I think if you don't do it, no one else will. And like Corona mm. said, we don't have a team. We don't have people to help yeah. us. I'm literally my videographer, editor, like mm. content creator, all in one. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Business partnership builder. <laughs> Get yeah. the collabs, everything. Yeah. I yeah, think that's, so that's definitely, 
Yeah, that's definitely, I think, um, something that people should really know that it is so difficult and there's so much time and effort that's put into, um, you know, beauty bloggers and content creators putting work out. And I think that there's always this conception of it being, you know, as you were talking about before, DT, someone just picking up the phone and like just recording themselves and people think that it comes easy, but there's a lot of planning um, that goes into this. Um, and as well as that, there's things like algorithms that impact how um, things land and how your brand yes. lands. Can you chat a bit about that and how that impacts your work, Aditi? Oh, I have a lot to say about the algorithm because yeah. I hate it right now, especially on Instagram. <laughs> they have really a hate-love relationship. Actually, no, they just have a hate relationship at the moment. <laughs> I will call for and I'll be like, oh my God, I spent 10 hours doing a video and it's reached 3,000 people. I'm so annoyed. Like, I'm literally like, I, I do this like every two weeks. I'll call her and rant about it. And then it's like one hour later, I'll be like, I'm fine now. <laughs> you have to get it out of your system. I'll be yeah. like, take a break. Just get offline. Like, just don't worry about content for like three days. Give yourself a break. And then like mm. 10 minutes later, she's pumped out a video. And I'm like, <laughs> girl. It's definitely an emotional roller coaster. I'll tell yeah. you that much. Like some videos, they do really well. And some videos don't do well. And then you... Uh, kind of caught up in your own head thinking mm. was this because I didn't make impactful content or is mm. it because the algorithm isn't reaching well yeah. um, I'll give you an example I created like I don't know if you guys see the emoji challenge that's going around yeah um, yeah yeah like so that's trending and I thought I, I did I've done three but one of them did really well um mm. like per the algorithm it got a lot of views a lot of engagement the other one which is really like similar but different it's didn't do as well and I was thinking like I, I literally racked my brains and like why is it because I didn't do the looks right is it the song but then at the end of the day it's just Instagram's a weird place and yeah. it's just people like people like short form content sometimes that content doesn't even reach their page like it's not in chronological order anymore it just comes up um, based on yeah. people engaging with your work so mm. it's just it's kind of like a cycle that doesn't help smaller creators grow which is really frustrating mm. um and yeah I think it's just about persevering I guess five years ago sometimes I think maybe I should have pushed like five years ago rather than like putting my clients on my page I should have done my own content creation which would have been good because that time it was chronological so mm. whatever was most recent would come up at the top of the feed mm. and I right. see it like I remember having like 500 followers, but my content would reach like 20,000 people. And now it's like the opposite. It's like, yeah, yeah. I have a lot more followers, but my content reaches like a thousand people sometimes. Like, and I'm like, well, how? It's very disheartening, yeah. I feel, for like content creators and even just for people who are just trying to get their content out to the people that follow them, you know, um, it's, mm -hmm. it's really hard to remind yourself at times that it's not you and you have to separate mm. yourself from that because it's ultimately we're like existing on this platform that mm -hmm. um f has its own process and I, I do recall like that the reels there was a period of time where if you were jumping on the reels that it was like the thing to be on because mm -hmm. they were favoring it you know what I mean in the algorithm because it was like mm. you still have to do reels like uh, um Instagram is like you know if you want to be recognized you've got to do reels because they're trying yeah. to compete with TikTok TikTok a lot of, exactly yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of their um 
users have like actually given up on TikTok and have um, given up on Instagram and moved mm-hmm. to TikTok. Yeah. So obviously yeah. like from a business point of view, it's a huge threat to them. So they had to change the algorithm to encourage more creators to now pump mm. the reels. And yeah. they actually, like if you start downloading your TikTok videos to put up on your reels, they don't like that. They can now detect your oh. watermarks. So they prefer yeah. you to actually film within the real app. So uh-huh. all of the, they're like, if I had to meta, like, oh wait, film had, or like edit it within yeah. the real app. So they actually prefer you to film and edit within the actual real wow. app. So mm-hmm. all of this so is so inconvenient. Sometimes yeah. don't you guys just film with your actual camera and then just like yeah. go? And yeah, I personally film That's... with my own camera, edit mm. on my own app, and then mm-hmm. upload to the reels. I'm like, I understand that this is going to help with the algorithm, but it gets to a point where like why didn't we start this like we started this because we have a passion for content creation we have a passion to send out a message connect Mm. with people whether it's educational to entertain to add value but then it becomes like oh like what's trending and what's going to go viral and everything that we're passionate about goes out the window like if I had to metaphorically if I had to paint this into like you know, like that, those cartoons that they have in like newspapers of like a metaphor, it'll be creators with a chain around our neck to the mm. algorithm. Like yeah. everything has to be from the algorithm and it's extremely frustrating. Like I I, I really do empathize for a DT because I do, I, I did start posting consistently a lot, a, a lot longer. So mm-hmm. I have a very aged account. So I do have a larger following, but I have seen the drop and it it's now at a point where I'm like, I actually don't know what's going to work. So mm. I just post whatever. Like I went yeah. I went hiking um, to this beach called Ghosties Beach. Like I had no intention of content creation. Like I was probably going to put up a few stories. Yeah. Um, I found this cave on TikTok that I had to go see. Mm-hmm. Ended up hiking for four hours in total. Um, got completely sunburnt. Like my skin is peeling off sunburnt, yeah, uh, which I did not know was possible for brown girls. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to be like, is that like, even possible? possible? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, like, this isn't meant to happen Brown girls feel too. (laughs) (laughs) And like, by the time I got to the cave, I was like, bro, like, I don't give a shit about cameras. Like, I just want to walk through the damn cave, see this water, (laughs) die in peace. Four hours, four hours of walking in hot sun. There were no trees. I'm the idiot that didn't bring a hat. Mm. Um, and um, all sunglasses. I just wasn't thinking straight. But obviously, I brought my drone and my vlogging. (laughs) and and by the time I got to the cave I looked at my friend and I was like yo the lighting is shit the sun's hitting the wrong way just record a video of me walking through the cave for my own sake in case we don't make it back because I the thought of hiking back is killing me and so she filmed me I went home and I'm like okay like it's a cool place I don't really like this isn't nothing I'm not I'm not transitioning into anything I'm not doing any fancy tricks and whatever just record it and I just put it up just because I thought people would like to see this location and maybe feel inspired mm. to go check it out. Mm. And that video ended up getting 300,000 views, one of my wow. like most wow. highly viewed videos. And it got me a lot of like followers and like, it was weird. Like, I'm like, I mm. did not, act, like I, wow. I felt yeah. like a witch brewing a, a stew over here for some other viral videos and something I least expected yeah. just blew up. And this is something I always tell Aditi. I'm like, even if something does not look good to you mm-hmm. or is not good enough because we can we end up being perfectionists like there are mm-hmm. videos that don't make it to our grams like we could work hours on it mm-hmm. and then look at it and go not nah, I'm not posting mm-hmm. it I'm not proud of it and I follow Gary Vee and Gary Vee always talks about this he's like 
who do you think you are to determine whether your video goes viral? You have mm. nothing to do with it. You That's just so create true. the content, put it out. It's up to your audience That's to true. decide. So you have no right to be like, no, nah, I'm not posting this or I'm not posting this. You create and you post mm. and whatever works is going to work and whatever it mm. isn't. And so I'm trying to be a little bit more easy on myself. And I try to like push Aditi to be a lot more easy on herself. <laughs> mm. Just like don't ruin the experience because yeah. the beauty is the consistency. Like mm. there are a lot of people that are getting burnt out. Like if you look at, it's like mm. a turtle and rabbit race. A lot of people that started as creators with me are no longer creators because mm. either they they fell into the trap of the algorithm and they're no longer motivated or they fell into the trap of numbers and um, whether they, they're getting engagement or they're getting the followers and it wasn't motivating them. So they gave up mm-hmm. and they don't exist anymore. And they were doing much better than I was. Whereas for me, I'm just like, I'm not giving up. I'm not letting any of this get in the way of doing what I love. And sometimes it's just important to write that out and stick it in your room and be like, why are you doing this? Mm. You're doing this for a reason. This is your objective and always remind yourself because the algorithm changes all the time. Like I swear the team in, at Instagram are bloody bipolar um, mm. and be open to trying different platforms. Like I was talking to Rashani the other day. I was like, you guys need yeah. to get on Clubhouse. Like there are yeah. new, apps and new platforms coming yeah. out, new algorithms. There's like, and you can cross promote. Yeah, exactly. if you want to grow and you want a bigger following, you got to be you got to be omnipresent everywhere. Mm, yeah, some things work, some things don't. I wanted to be a YouTuber when I started. Like I wanted yeah. to have a YouTube room, you know, like earn a lot of money out of YouTube, do collabs, and just mm-hmm. be that blogger who blogs her life and travels. And like YouTube was the dream, and Instagram was just me like trialing it out. But Instagram yeah. worked out better for me. Yeah, YouTube now has like dust on my channel, <laughs> and I'm like trying to like resuscitate it back now. Yeah. Um, so you just don't know where your content's mm. gonna work. You've just gonna yeah. be yeah. you can't fall everywhere. The algorithm. You just can't. Instagram, like the platform, like itself, almost calls you to perform on it because it's very performative. Yeah. If you're yeah. ha- having to respond to an algorithm, then you're mm. having to be performative, you know? So yeah. it's like with that, you can get really burnt out if you're trying mm. to respond to that. And I think it's really good that you've been able to identify it and then just keep doing your thing because ultimately the consistency is what will get you there one day. Mm-hmm. So, and you're getting, you're already there. Like, what yeah. is there, anyways? You know what I mean? That's like, so that true. could be an, that could be another question is like, is there, what's the ultimate goal? How do you know you've ultimate? made it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's definitely not the numbers because if it's the numbers, you're never going to make it. It's mm. never ending. Like yeah. you're going to hit a million exactly. followers and there are going to be people in your life that have 10 million followers yeah. and it just goes on and on. And then one day you're going to find yourself, sorry to be ominous on your deathbed. And you're going to be like, what do these numbers mean to me? Mm, Can I yeah. pay my bills with these numbers? Yeah. Um, does it feel, make me feel fulfilled in life having this like big account? Like just to be really open with you guys, I, yes, like I do have like a relatively big following and um, every time like my friends or family or like friends that I'm not, that I'm not super close with, but they're still my friends reach out they'll always be like oh like you always seem really busy because they look at my stories Mm. and I've always Mm. got something going on in my stories and so everybody around me assumes that I'm always busy and I'm always occupied sometimes I feel actually extremely lonely like Mm. I've actually been battling with loneliness for like the last couple of weeks two months Mm. um because it just like there's like a perception of you online and you know you're Mm. trying to like strive for these like numbers and things and what does that actually mean at the end of the day like and that's why I think it's so important to like 
set out your objectives and it and it shouldn't just be social media like just in your life and like what are your goals and what are your dreams and what's important to you um for me like relationships are so 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 important to me mm. so like I take mm. a break like if I just want to hang with my friends like my phone is away like I don't think about blogging it I don't think about creating content mm. I just want to spend time with my loved ones um but yeah it's definitely not the numbers it's it, there's always a, a like a bigger dream or a goal like either we want to start a line or we want to you know like fight with brands for more representation or we mm, want to be able exactly. to speak up more on a topic like I feel like if I didn't do what I did I wouldn't have connected with you guys or mm. done even the colorism interview and mm. like talked about something that I feel so passionate about so I think as content creators it's always really important to like really flesh out like almost like a business plan like what's the objective yeah. here what am I trying Absolutely. to achieve from yeah, there? yeah. Definitely. And also, I think, yeah, that work-life balance is so important. Like when you're a content creator, you feel like you have to be on the go all the time. Your life is a job. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you have to really take a break when need be and recognize when, you know, it's time to put that phone away and just be super present. Yeah. Um, and there's work time as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Soul Dive on Brimank Lives Live FM uh, with Roshani, AD and Lydia. And we are joined by Swana and Aditi, who are known online as a life of a social butterfly and Aditi makeup. Um, ladies, I guess you've really painted out, I guess, the the nuances of being an online creator i'll talk a little bit about how it is um in the online community with other people um is there a competitive nature to to what you do um and do you think other influences um that you connect with do kind of think that because you are kind of battling with the algorithm and there are people doing you in other spaces as well i definitely feel like there is competition like mm. I'm just going to be honest um I can sit here and say that this industry is lovely and everyone's nice and happy happy with each other and that is not how it is though a mm. lot of people are lovely there is unfortunately a hidden level of fakeness behind a lot of things mm. like a lot of people will befriend you to like find out what you're actually using to edit or mm. what, wow. what your camera <laughs> is or like I will get people message me regarding like they'll be like I've been supporting your work for years can you tell me this 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 like they just want mm. the answers like mm. a lot of people will befriend you for the answers and I think like I'm happy to give away the answers like tell people what I use because honestly I feel like that's only one part of it like that's yeah. a very can, small part of it yeah mm-hmm. yeah like someone can give you a recipe of how to bake a cake but the cake mm. might not taste good <laughs> like, yeah absolutely. And, it, and it won't cook itself like you have yeah, to yeah. Actually you do it. yeah. <laughs> there definitely is like um yeah a hidden level like even amongst creators I feel mm. like sometimes people will be like um looking to pick fox with other people like this person copied my work or mm. like there's mm. a lot of like who did what first and um like you know that whole thing on social media I personally haven't been too badly affected by it Mm. but I do know that definitely it does exist and I felt a bit of coldness from some people in the industry but for the majority people have been lovely and really helpful and I think like Serena said before it's really important to find a few people that you can really vibe with in the industry so for example um in Sydney it's kind of dry like the industry is a bit dry there's not many brown creators in the industry um like be that like south southeast asian 
like if you look at Canada and stuff it's very saturated like there are mm. a billion creators doing the same thing but here there's not many and I think when there's not many it's harder to find help like Toronto for example mm. with my help like we found well I remember when I started social media about four or five years ago I kind of found well she found me and then we kind of collaborated and started working together and then we became friends and then we share pretty much everything to do with content creation like I'm an open book with anything like I will tell her about brand deals how much they're paying me like I will tell mm. her everything we and negotiate each other's deals we oh, yeah, uh, link each always. other up to deals we yeah. share like resources she comes to my house and stays up till like two in the morning filming and editing my videos sometimes yeah like wow. it's like That's there cool. is no like if I get a PR package, I'll let them know, hey, there's another creator in Sydney and I'll link them to her. Like we mm. are very, very open because, um, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, yeah. but yeah. No, that's yeah, awesome. I, I that's think really good. you're right. It's about finding your person mm. or like your people in the industry who you know yeah. will support you and who will like not just like reach off you, but like yeah. it's like a mutually beneficial relationship. And I think that's the only way to survive in the industry to mm. like make friends and like work with people who like don't always just want something from you but also have something to offer so it's nice that way absolutely mm. I have a few things to add to that so yeah. like she mentioned yes um Canada is very saturated um I actually moved to Canada for that reason mm. in 2019 um because I felt very lonely here like in terms of the content creation and I made a lot of friends in Canada in the same space who were doing something very similar to me so I was like you know what why not like let's move there let's mm. immerse myself in that industry learn come back and let's add value here in Australia and drive the industry here I always feel very lucky that we're one of the first creators in Australia because mm. then we drive that way um yeah because I no doubt it's it's happening and more and more people in Australia in Melbourne Sydney I'm seeing it more creators are popping up more people mm. are open to doing different things and it's actually very very exciting um so when I went to Canada so I moved to Canada in 2019 but in 2018 I wanted to test the water so I actually went on holidays and when I went on holidays there, I, there were so many creators I wanted to meet, but I was only going to be in Toronto. So mm -hmm. it's mainly the, um, the Tamil uh, community that's like really huge. Uh, I think there is an, a huge Indian community that do creation as well, but there's a lot of Tamil um, creators there that I wanted to connect with. And so I connected with a girl called Dia, who is like one of my like really close friends now. Um, she goes by the name Dia Kanesha and she's like a lifestyle, home decor, beauty, makeup, um, sort of blogger and we connected and she was saying how like maybe we should host like an event because I'm not going to be able to meet all the creators in one go mm. so we hosted a female empowerment event we started it and we called it aspire to inspire garden party and we basically invited all these different creators no one knew who was on the list because we individually emailed everyone it was very daunting because no one knew who else was invited and we brought everyone together and something really really crazy and life-changing happened so a lot of these creators wow. live in the same city. They live in the same suburb. They're all doing wow. the same thing. They yep. all, like, I see them hype each other up. Like, it, it's a community. Like, it's mm. a bubble. Like, this South Asian creators, we're all in this little bubble. We all follow each other. We all see each other's content. doesn't matter what countries you live in. And so they all live in the same city. They all live in the same area. They all create very similar content, but they've actually never met in person. Mm. And... Um, it was really interesting because I got to sit in on some of the conversations that went. So we planned like an agenda. So 
where yeah. we got everyone to sit next to someone and they had to introduce the other person. And it was so amazing to see how they were complimenting each other. They're like, I love following you. You've changed my life. Like, mm. You inspired me to start my business, et cetera, et cetera. And it was, it was amazing. It was magical. Wow. And Beautiful. like I was on the biggest high because I got, mm. I'm meeting people that I've followed for years. And there was a conversation happening between two creators. So they're both uh, makeup artists. And one of them was like, oh, I've always wanted to reach out to you. I've always loved your content. And I used to compare my content to yours and I could never get it up to your lighting and mm. your editing and your standards. But I never had the guts to reach out to you because I never thought you'd tell me what um, you use. And she looked at it and she's like, are you an idiot? Like, I would have happily told you exactly what I use. Why didn't you reach out to me? Why didn't mm. you try so that was one incident that happened. Those girls are like best of friends now yeah. and like have collaborated and we're all like one group and it's amazing. And then there was another conversation where um, she's a singer um, and she was talking about how she feels le- really lonely as a creator who's in the singing space because there's not a lot of them and how it's predominantly dominated by males and how like she's always been put down and denied opportunities and things like that. And we were like, can you just imagine a room full of like 30 girls who are all creators and we're like what like we'll shout out your album like we'll share Mm. it like you tell us and it was just really interesting there were so many conversations with so many creators Mm. they would be hyping each other up in the virtual world like wow you look amazing you look beautiful love your video but they've never had the confidence to meet up in person and connect Mm. because they thought that or they wouldn't share their resources with me. They wouldn't tell me mm. anything. And I remember yeah. they were like, wow, it took a girl from Australia to come and bring <laughs> us together. And it was really interesting because sometimes you we assume things, mm. like we assume that someone's not going to share their resources. Yes. Sorry, did I get cut out there? Yeah, we assume that someone's not going to share resources. We assume that um, someone's jealous of us or we assume that they're competing with us. Um, and sometimes you've just got to let go of all that and actually yeah. try and connect like you have nothing to lose by reaching out mm. and also yeah. don't compare your following because when Dia and I met and we hosted this event like I was at like 10,000 followers or whatever and she was at like 20, 50k or whatever and if she had looked mm-hmm. at that and thought well what do I gain from her like she doesn't have a big following yeah we wouldn't have hosted the empowerment empowerment events we did. We wouldn't have hosted that event that brought all these creators together. So many collaborations yeah. grew from that so many friendships came from that some of my my like lifelong friendships came from that event um I've traveled to Bali with those girls we mm. hosted um female empowerment two female empowerment events in Toronto one in Malaysia and one in Sydney um wow. because we didn't look at that we didn't look at our numbers we didn't look yeah. at oh like you get more engagement than me we didn't look at same goes with Aditi and I like Aditi and I do something completely different like she's in beauty and makeup mm-hmm. I do something very different I could look at it and be like what value are her is her audience going to add to me and she could see the same with me but it's not about yeah. that it's like we forget that the online world is just an online world like mm-hmm. we like it's so important to connect and meet in person so I think I'm in a very niche industry like because I don't do I don't really do like the beauty and the makeup mm. um so I don't really feel like anyone is competing with me and I try not to see that when I look at other people like I'll try to share as much as I can whether I get it back from them or not yeah. like like Aditi said like you don't really have anything to lose it's just your resources like you are you mm. and people follow you for you mm. um and no one can truly replicate that I just think it's so important to collaborate like you're just yeah. there if you if you get to the top and you're alone it's so lonely like yeah. you want to be yes. able to uplift everyone 
like I want the Australian community to like do well so that we can share resources and more brands want us to come to PR events and want to put us on billboards and want to work with us and ask for our opinions on products, new product developments. And just like, you know, if it's just one of us, we're just like Mm. standing there like a sore Mm. thumb and we're not heard. Whereas if we support each other, Mm. like it becomes a full blown industry. Like in Canada, you can go outside and be like collaboration. And like people will run it. Like, you've got a videographer. You've got a guy oh. ready to jump off a helicopter with a drone. You've got, so a, you've got a girl to paint. You know, I'm telling you, like every yeah, you can just sit awesome. there and they will do everything for you. Like mm. it's insane. Whereas here, like I feel like I have to like beat my chest and yeah. like beg and be like, is there anyone out there like yeah. anyone mm. want to collaborate on video yeah. or photo? Like Aditi and I talk about this all the time. So. Like, yeah. I think it's so important to just, like, let go of your insecurities, meet up for coffee, see how you can add value to them and mm. how they can add value to you. But like she said, some people can be, unfortunately, leeches, and that comes mm. down to just your insecurity. Um, yeah. But just be open. The more you share, the more people will be willing to share with you and you yeah. grow together. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally right. I think that... Yeah, I think that what you were saying there, Swana, that like passion will always connect with passion, even though people might be doing completely different things in different spaces and creating different content. Um, It's about, you know, that at the end of the day, people doing what they love because they love it. And it's not about the numbers. It's not about and I think that that's really important and being able to collaborate with other people because you never know when you'll be able to give someone that shout out that can give them their next gig or their next job or link them or get them networking with someone that Mm. can really like make their career blow up so I think that's so so important and it's really interesting of seeing how um, these spaces work differently in different countries like having Canada you know, think of content creating in such a different way to Australia because you wouldn't really think that they're all kind of similar in like Canada and Australia and mm. also like the US people doing all of this work, but it does land quite differently and people collab very differently as well. That's right. Um, I also wanted to kind of touch on, and you spoke about this, both of you um, being like a woman of colour in this particular space. How has that been? Um, Particularly because, you know, like Aditi in the makeup world, there are a lot of, um, I guess, white makeup artists that do what you do. Like, what's it been like being a, um, you know, Southeast Asian within this particular space? Um, I think that we do have an advantage in a weird sense. Um, I think our culture is our advantage. Like Mm -hmm. we have a lot more to give in a certain way. Like we can do cultural makeup looks. We have so many like festivals that we dress up for. Um, It's just, it's crazy how like much we can give. Um, Like often I think even like in the last five years, the brown beauty community has grown so much in terms Mm. of like, even the foundation shades. Like three, four years ago, there wasn't, foundation shades for people of color and mm. um Jackie Ina one of my favorite creators she actually collaborated with Too Faced um and she brought out so many more shades for people of color which really paved the way and then followed by Fenty and so many other brands who are now kind of keeping up with what should have been done 20 years ago yeah but, um but like I think the presence of more people of color creators has really push that because if there wasn't people to stand up for ourselves I guess then we wouldn't be where we are today um and I think it's nice we have a really good community of Mm. brown people who support brown people so I think it's a a relatability thing people find that they can really relate to people of color um 
like I definitely feel like I can relate to people of color than more non-people of color like if I mm-hmm. see an Instagram page um it's just like the family structures it's just yeah. how you're raised like it's just a lot of things that you can relate to and it's nice to sort of be able to have a platform to speak about things um which relate to you as well like mm. the, like the recent issues with the farmers protest in India for example like yeah. I have had the ability to speak up on that on my platform which is like something that I probably wouldn't have been able to do without a platform and I think yeah. it's because there's so many brown people supporting brown people on there we mm. have a capacity to raise our voice so um like yeah even you know the issues in Sri Lanka right now with mm. um like groups of Tamil people getting discriminated against civil like war. It's civil war exactly like we have so much to say because we have people to support us I feel um yeah. and I think that in a way that that's the pros of it, but it's also hard because being a person of color, often you're not taken as seriously mm. in certain fields. And mm-hmm. I think beauty is like one of those things, like, um, like sometimes approaching brands. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like you see their vision. I won't name the brand, but I've recently worked with a brand who I really loved their products. And I tried them. It was an amazing opportunity. I collaborated with them. But then um, I actually thought about it. And I'm like, this brand isn't actually fully representing people of color. Their mm-hmm. Instagram was literally white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I thought to myself, I'm like, are they, like, personally, I'm more lighter skin tone. I'm like, would they collaborate with someone who is of deeper skin tone? Mm-hmm. Like, do they even know I'm Indian? Like, maybe in my photos, sometimes I can pass off as not Indian by mm-hmm. my skin tone. Um, is that the reason that they're collaborating with me? And I was kind of offended in a weird yeah. way because I'm like, I have friends of deeper skin tone mm-hmm. who aren't even like on the super deep end of the skin tone, maybe a four or five shades like in the middle and yeah. they don't have colors for them. It's unbelievable. Like, mm-hmm. And then I was like, I don't want to associate with a brand who has this kind of ideology and isn't yeah. willing to change. Um, I actually wrote this friend an email as well speaking about this. I was like, oh, like... um. I honestly enjoy the experience of working with you. I love your products, but I do feel like there's a lack of representation and I can't mm. really promote this to my brown following mm-hmm. because we range from light to deep. And if yeah. you only have three shades out of 50, I can't promote this because it gets mm. wrong. Um, and so I think we have an ability to speak up, but it's also like, I knew that I was never going to be able to work with that brand again. Mm. Um, I knew like at that point that that was it with that brand, which is yeah. fine. I think it's just being in Australia as well. We, we feel like we have a strong brown community, but then in the broader scheme of things, like there's a lot of non-brown people and they are the majority, like mm. ethnic, like people aren't the majority now. And some brands, like their whole, like we saw that with the Black Lives Matter movement, like yeah. how many people of color are in upper management and in like positions of power. There's not that many. And um, even some of the brands that I work with today, like my goal is to kind of be able to have better representation in the future. And I think that's like an advantage of being a brand person. Hopefully in the mm. future we can kind of change things in like the way they are right now compared to the way they are. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree. Um, And I think being in Australia puts you in a really uh, great position because the market is still so untapped. Mm, So you have the opportunity to use your platform to push those agendas, to not just be a makeup artist, but an advocate, you know, for people of color. 
and um, through the makeup industry because yeah, uh, a lot of color, a lot of melanin is lacking in mm -hmm. the makeup industry and we complain about it a lot. And there's only mm -hmm. a very select few of makeup uh, brands that we can yeah. use. And yeah. most certainly, uh, oh, most of them are not Australian brands. No, no for sure. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I can name any Australian brand off the top of my head, mm. which I can say 100% catered to people of colour. And that's mm. really sad, actually. Yeah. So hopefully that's something we can manifest together. Yeah, we call ourselves a multicultural country. Mm. Yeah. I know. But that's when you go on their Instagrams and you go on their websites, there is no representation of us. Mm. We don't exist. Mm. And they're missing out on a huge clientele of people, yeah. really. I yeah. want to walk into Kohl's if I forget my makeup, mm -hmm. all right, and go grab a foundation from their makeup. Yeah. Yes. Because right yes. now that's not happening. No, yeah. that, that's that. not happening anytime soon. That's the problem. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely think that that is the reason why the work that you both do is so important because you're not only um, doing what you do and doing what you love and you're passionate about, but you're also representing, um, you know, a huge group of people who aren't represented in these spaces and you have the ability and the capacity um, and the platforms to be able to make it better for uh, for a larger group of people absolutely um, if you're just tuning in you're listening to soul dive on Brimbank lives live fm um, we are here with swan and aditi better known as a life of a social butterfly and aditi makeup um, ladies to wrap this up um, what do you See the online world um, turning into and transforming into into the future and how do you think that um, the online world can change in order to help you do the work that you do in much, in a much better way um, I, think I think there's a lot know. of cool stuff coming mm -hmm. is it laggy okay. I'm so sorry no. No, no, that's yeah I just I just wanted to add like <laughs> like obviously we know that you know, Facebook, like Mark Zuckerberg is working on a lot of virtual reality stuff. Mm -hmm. So obviously, like in the AI space, I think there's going to be a lot of stuff happening that's going to tie into social media. Yeah. Um, we've been able to like call each other, like even just run this from this um, interview that we're doing. Mm. So I, I just think from like the virtual reality space, we're going to be able to connect and, and bring in like a whole other dim dimension. The world is going to become a lot more smaller um obviously you know through social media a lot of e-commerce businesses have like blossomed bloomed people are running successful businesses have livelihoods purely through uh social media you know brands are obviously advertising a lot more on social media um so I think there is going to be a huge like evolution in the space of social mm -hmm. media and there are going to be so many new elements and dimensions that are going to come through where we're going to feel like we're actually closer to the people that we follow and feel a bit more connected to the people that we follow. Obviously Clubhouse just came out. Mm. Like it, it surprises me because if you told me to create a social media app, I would never think about taking out the element of video and mm. um, pictures. Like I think, yeah. well, we're very visual human beings, mm. but Clubhouse is blowing up. It, it came out like last year in April and it's killing it and it's purely voice. And, you know, like it's real voices behind, behind everything. And it's very instantaneous. It's pure, it's a purely live app. It's not pre-recorded. So I think a lot of social media is going to be like, things are going to be more live interactions mm. and um, having access to people that we never thought we would have access to, you know, yeah. feeling like we are in the room with some very successful people feel like being able to connect with them, ask them questions, um, 
you know, it doesn't have to all be in person. You can be, you know, um, all the way in like India and be able to connect with someone all the way in Australia and like, you know, like start businesses and ideas together and fuse mm. ideas together. And, mm. and like, you don't have to feel limited by your geographical location when it comes to mm. content creation and the space of content creation. So I'm really excited to see like virtual reality, like really enter yeah. this space and how that's going to like evolve things and change yeah. things up. Yeah, absolutely, Aditi. I think it's also, like, it keeps it more real, like, uh, with Clubhouse especially. The fact that it's just voice and not video and photo is just so real and nice because you're not always putting out your best self. Like, obviously, you're not going to edit your voice and who knows what the future holds, but you're not going to face-tune your voice to make it sound better. Like, it's just so pure and natural and real and it can't really be misinterpreted. I feel like with with Instagram and like all of that it's kind of like it, it there's like an element of like artificialness and mm. I guess that's that'll be eliminated where everyone's more raw and open on a platform and like but, less haters because yeah. like with Instagram oh, yeah. you can make a fake account and you right. can make a fake username and you can go out there and spew hatred to people yeah. because mm. they're never going to find out who you are whereas with like something like Clubhouse mm. it, the app pure that connects to your mobile phone like you have to input your mobile number to start the account and Mm. it's your voice so you say something like people don't have the guts to say things with their voice yeah they're they're keyboard warriors it's very it's very easy for them to tap away and also like tones get misunderstood whereas Mm. clubhouse is like this whole space for like professionals you know people entrepreneurs and people that want to connect with like-minded people and you know like really connect and like build friendships and I really like that so I I'm hoping to see like as DT mentioned uh, like for social media to get rid of the whole like being someone you're not and being able to say things that you wouldn't say to someone to their face mm, yeah yeah and even absolutely. just not having to show your face removes the pressure yeah. of you know, having to show up and show out. Mm. And when you do have this pressure of having to look a certain way, yeah. you might start acting a certain way. Whereas, yeah. you know, you're sitting on your couch, you're saying what you have to say, super relaxed, no one can see you. Mm-hmm. You can actually have the ability to sit and think without all that extra pressure of how you look and come across as well. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I'm really excited to see how the online world shifts and changes. And I think that also during COVID, it's changed a lot and people have um, jumped on particular platforms and have utilized these platforms. And I'm really excited to see those transformations happen and then see you ladies be part of those um, transformations as well. Um, Before we wrap up, do you guys want to plug your Instagrams and your social media accounts so our listeners can follow you all? Let's start off with Aditi. I am Aditi Makeup on all my socials, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. So I sound like an ad, but yeah, you sort of follow me back. Get it, girl. And Swana? I wish I did the same as her, but uh, I'm all different names. So uh, predominantly on Instagram and YouTube uh, and Facebook, I am the life of a social butterfly. Um, I have a podcast that you can find on Apple and Spotify, which is called the Social Butterfly Effect Podcast. Um, on TikTok and on Clubhouse, I am T L O A S Butterfly because my username was too long. So, yeah. I love it. You're awesome. spicing it up for like um, your followers. So, yeah. yeah, keep them on their toes. <laughs> yeah. Keep them on their toes. I could be the life of a social moth tomorrow. <laughs> 
I love it. Well, ladies, thank you so, so much for engaging in this conversation with us. We have had um, such a thrill having you both um, as part of this and on our show. And you definitely have to come back next time and we can continue some really great conversations. Yes, please. I want to see what those AIs do for you. Yes. We need to connect in person. We're in the same country. So hopefully we're in the studio together and we can talk about so much. And we, both of us are really keen to see you guys um, join more platforms and definitely get on Clubhouse because you're also amazing creators and you're doing such an amazing and fantastic job. So like, I would love for all of us to like be on the driver of like really driving this industry in the woman of color space. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. Amen. Manifestation times. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Slana. Thank you, Aditi. Thank you Thank so you much, guys. guys. Thank you for having us. With thanks to the city of Grimbank across our neighbourhood and the world, Soul Dive with AD, Rashani and Lydia on Brimbank Live on Live FM. Welcome back to Soul Dive. I am your host, Rashani, and I'm joined by Lydia and AD, my co-hosts. Um, we are going to jump straight into our COVID recovery segment, and we are chatting to local business owner, Albin Luang, who both owns and runs Pex Road, which is a Melbourne-based uh, artisan donut business in the west of Melbourne. Albin, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks, guys, for having me. Really, really no appreciate you guys approaching me. Absolutely. I'm so excited to pick your brain about all things donuts and all yeah. things business. Um, we were just chatting before about how aesthetically pleasing the Pex Road donuts yeah. look. They are so incredible. Yeah, they're ve- very visually stimulating. I'm like, oh, you've already sold me. <laughs> now I just need to get the donut. <laughs> it looks so good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Thank you so much. Really <laughs> no worries. Um, so, Alvin, <laughs> tell us a little bit about Pex Road. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Pex Road is basically a little uh, donut business and everything. So, uh, it kind of basically the whole inspiration from it, what inspired me pretty much stemmed from, like, my perspective and relationship with food. So I've gone to like both extremes in my life where I've started like binge eating and everything like that. And then as a personal trainer as well, uh, everything sort of switched to like just perceiving food as fuel. Like Mm -hmm. it didn't really sell uh, like serve any sense of purpose other than fueling my workouts as opposed to flavor. Mm -hmm. But then as I transitioned into being a chef and everything, I started to like really appreciate food a lot more whole other way and stuff so Mm. I saw as more as like something that really brought people together Mm. and really made people happy and so I wanted to share that kind of happiness and joy in the shape of a donut (laughs) so yeah Yeah. that's so awesome um and the name as well kind of has some sentimental value can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so I think it really resonates with me perfectly because of my experience in the fitness industry and my passion in the fitness industry like Pex has like a whole other mm. meaning behind like pectoral muscles and stuff like that, <laughs> and uh, it just so happened to be my actual street name as well. Like, oh, um, no. it's, it's 
<laughs> yeah, it worked out perfectly. It is like the perfect name, I guess, for um, I guess your first business that that you do have. Can I yeah, just say so- I'm I'm jealous that you get to eat all of these decadent foods and then go and personal train like you've got the best of both worlds yeah. we, well, I personally uh, would not be able to run a donut shop oh. and be healthy uh, <laughs> but he's achieved that's, balance that's one of the, no? he's yeah, achieved yeah. balance that's what we're trying to yeah absolutely that's what we're trying to like bring across just having balance between the two between like fitness and indulgence as well mm. so mm. no no it's awesome like, yeah. yeah like you said it is challenging because i have a huge weight tooth myself but like i've been smashing donuts and stuff for market research of course so. <laughs> <laughs> of course yeah it's all for the sake of business isn't it that's it <laughs> well if you need any help taste testing so, yeah. i'm here I'm <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm here too any new flavors <laughs> <laughs> Um, so with your business, um, you launched last year, didn't you? Like, what was it like building a business and then launching during a pandemic? Yeah, so we literally only started in November. So it's, I think it's cutting out a bit. Um, yeah, we literally only um, started in November. So it's only been a couple of months and everything. But um, yeah, it was definitely really challenging throughout the pandemic starting a business and stuff I think but the main challenges were just like all the delays and all that stuff just sorting Mm. out like organizing all the registrations with the council uh, getting equipment things like that that'll usually take a bit less time and all that stuff but other than that it was pretty smooth sailing and um Mm. it was it was very 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 helpful that um one of my friends um Dan from St. Berg's I'm not too sure if you guys have been there yet but yeah. um St. Berg's in Caroline Springs so Dan has been super generous with like letting us use his kitchen uh, uh for the first couple of months that we've been open and all that stuff and um wow. yeah it was just really really great so I actually yeah. really love St. Berg's really cool. like that's yeah. a really dope um burger joint the burger in Caroline amazing. Springs yeah oh, oh that's amazing yeah yeah, yeah. and um like out of the pandemic as well like um it was it was really great like starting a business it was a bit of a no-brainer for me starting mm. this with my brothers because I, yeah. I actually this and broke this with my brothers nice. and it's cool like that we have together is pretty awesome just because we're all we've always been really really close and yeah. um, it's cool that we have our own specific roles so I myself like take care of like everything everything that has to do with the kitchen given my background and like uh being a chef and everything and then my eldest brother aj he takes care of like all the marketing and all the designing of like our websites and all the admin sort of background sort of stuff and then mm. Arby, my middle brother takes all the like content creation so he's the one like taking all those beautiful photos and making creating all those uh videos and all that stuff on our instagram mm. so yeah it's yeah. pretty cool like how everything just like Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what um, makes your business so great that it is kind of family run and you do have like your family members involved in the process of building it um, and creating um, the donuts that you make. Mm. And obviously, um, COVID gave you that innovation to run things 
straight from online, like without a shop front. Mm. Um, has that been mm. difficult or would you say COVID has made it a lot easier to kind of run that kind of business? Um, it's definitely made it easier. I'm not too sure like what it would be like mm. um, without the pandemic because I've experienced this whole journey yeah, within yeah. the pandemic. So yeah. I don't really have another perspective of that. But right now, it's, it's been great, like mm. having an online presence and like with, with the beauty of like technology now giving us access to like a whole like uh like crowd of people and stuff it's yeah just really made it so much more accessible and, yeah um, absolutely because donuts really resonate with a lot of people yeah. i don't really know that'll like have a donut and not be happy about it so comforted yeah yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> comforted. and it yeah. sounds like a beautiful like story of like collaboration and like mm. team spirit because a lot of people had to come together and kind of help each other out and cooperate in order for this business to be successful mm. um and so that's that's also really beautiful yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. and i think that also um you know you mm. spoke about the fact that you have nothing to compare this to because you did kind of launch it um during the mm. pandemic um and i think that like the timing of it actually worked out well because you know mm. during the pandemic a lot of people celebrated birthdays or like graduations or anniversaries and people were sending um boxes of things to uh, to others and um people were receiving deliveries and cakes and sweets were at the top of the list um of those so i i do think <laughs> that like in the time of the pandemic launching this business really Really, really did work out for you. Yeah, no, that's that's spot on, and it's cool because like it's really like a blessing in disguise. Mm. Uh, like throughout this pandemic, because even though like we were all in isolation or lockdown and everything, it really like brought us together and like we really got to connect with people that we wouldn't have connected with without mm. this pandemic and all that stuff. Yeah. So like throughout this whole thing we've gotten to meet meet and reconnect with like yourself like from high school and sacred heart and all that yeah stuff yeah that this wouldn't have happened if uh any if the pandemic was around so yeah yeah no really really like it, it has those cons definitely so yeah absolutely um, and in terms of like, you know, it's really great because when we think about businesses during the pandemic, we do hear about businesses really struggling. Um, and there are a lot of businesses that are struggling, but it's also really great to see the other side of it and seeing businesses thrive um, during this time. So, so that's kind of cool. Um, in terms of like the perks that we've kind of touched on, have there been any um, struggles in terms of um, launching your business during this time, if any? Um... Again, probably it's just mainly the delays and all that stuff. And because uh, like markets weren't around and all that stuff, like we, we really wanted to like tap into that field. Mm. But because of all the restrictions, we, we couldn't do those things. So we're like missing out on like that whole human interaction and all that stuff to really mm. like personalize our brand and like our business and everything like that. So yeah. mm, that's what we're like we we, we want to be more than just like like beautiful pictures and videos mm. and stuff that you post on uh instagram and stuff i really like introduce ourselves really share our story get to meet yeah. the team get to meet other people and all that mm. stuff and like hear their story as well and like 
kind of create a community and they mm. take a bite of our donut yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely so, yeah. and so in terms of that now that we're kind of coming out of lockdown do you have any plans of expanding at all yeah so we've actually got our first market this saturday as well at melbourne market Co. in essendon oh, and, nice. uh, yeah, so that's, in essendon that's yes yeah. guys come oh, yeah. through that's yeah. where i'm at <laughs> are you gonna be uh, there i'll have to be there <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some this is a taste test yeah. now it's, it's only fair. It's only right it's after community. this interview. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's definitely one. But in terms of expanding and stuff, because we're uh, Pex Road Cheat Meals, um, we're, we've kept it quite broad. So it's not just limited to donuts. We're mm. looking to expand our menu. Nice. We're like in the works of opening up our own place in the near future and all that stuff that doesn't just, um, like I said, serve donuts or like heavy cheat meals and stuff like that we're looking towards more of a menu that like nourishes as well so mm. yeah it's gonna be like more like cafe sort of style sort nice. of menu as well cool uh, that's yeah, still definitely. like yeah, it definitely is all about balance. Um, and I do love that uh, about Pex Road. Um, and what kind of advice do you have for other businesses that are launching, particularly during these times that are quite uncertain? Mm. Best advice I can probably give is to um, just get started. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I love that. At the very start, when I when I when I was like in the works of doing this, I was very much a perfectionist. Mm. So I wanted to hit the ground running and everything, and I was doing all this research, doing all these tests, and uh, never really executed anything until I said, "Just go for it." Mm, so yeah. I reckon yeah it's like I reckon, uh, I'm a believer on making the mistakes so you can uh improve so you can learn like where to improve and continue to improve and all that stuff so I'm more like all hands on deck go mm. for it if it works doesn't if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't but at least that way it gives you time to pivot yeah Absolutely. and another great his advice that I give is that it's never too it's never too early to start or it's never too late to start either mm. so yeah just keep going going for your passion and yeah. like keep doing what that's, makes you happy and what makes everyone else happy so that's yeah. great advice yeah because I feel like some people um, a lot of people are really crippled by those two points of concern and like you know perfectionism um and just yeah I think that that's amazing um that's actually advice to me because I was a perfectionist and I just had to let go of myself at some point so yeah, yeah, yeah sometimes I, you I just gotta that. jump in and just like just do it um yeah and then as you said like when you make those mistakes you're able to pivot and learn from them so it is really important just to get started absolutely and there's no way to improve without mistakes. Exactly. So, or exposure to that environment. Yeah. Yeah. It has to happen. Thank you so much. That was really yeah. great advice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Alvin, do you want to plug um, your socials and maybe give us um, a bit of information about the pop-up store that you have on this weekend? Yeah, sweet. So you can find us on Instagram as uh, Pex Road. And um, you could order our donuts online and everything. So everything's pre-orders and everything. So uh, orders have to be made by Friday, 12 p.m. for uh, the weekend. So we deliver Saturday and Sunday and it's available for pickup. Mm -hmm. uh, and for this weekend's um, market, it's only on Saturday. 
and it's from 10 a.m. till 3 p.m. at um, Melbourne Market Co. in Essendon. I think it's the Ukrainian Community Community Centre. So it's all mm -hmm. indoors, regardless of the, nice. what the weather is like, where we're, we're going to be rolling anyway. So, yeah. yeah, I'll be there. Come and say hi. Um, and, Amazing. yeah, hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah. So bring your masks Absolutely. and bring your appetites, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, Alvin, yeah. thank you so, so much for um, coming on and telling us about Pex um, Road and, and the story behind it. Um, and I hope that all of our listeners um, do come down to, um, to see you on Saturday and also order some of your donuts. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, thank you so much. Take care. Well, that's a wrap for our show today. Um, thank you so much to our guests, Swana Edith from Pex Road. AD, Lydia, thanks so much for an amazing show. Thank you. That was awesome speaking to all of our guests. Super insightful. Yeah, this was such a fun, yeah. exciting show. Loved it. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Um, and we will catch you all next week on Live on Brimbank Live's Live FM. See you then. See ya. With thanks to the city of Brimbank across our neighbourhood and the world, Soul Dive with AD, Rashani and Lydia on Brimbank Live on Live FM. Oh.